Hello, Marvelites. You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 560, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Sink, agent of health and joy. <laughs> so one of us has to be, damn it. I'm holding it down. Ryan, how you doing? Well, Lorraine, I have COVID. And common sense would say, why are you recording a podcast? Why are you doing anything? I know why you are, because you've done this every week for like a decade, and I know that you're not going to let anything short of being on death's door (laughs) keep you from this podcast, because you're a wild man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I I feel like I also jinxed myself last week. We were so excited about Comic-Con and talking about it and getting hyped, and then when we recorded, it was like two days later at night, I was like, oh no, my throat hurts. Oh, there's some pressure in my chest. And then Catherine was starting to feel poorly. And then we got a note from her camp that one of the campers' family members had COVID. So the kids were exposed to it. And it was just like dominoes falling. And it ruined all my Comic-Con plans. I'm so bummed and so sad to not be there with everybody for Comic-Con and for the This Week in Marvel panel, which is super fun. Thank you, Lorraine, for... All your work on that. I think it's going to come together really nicely. It's going to go great. Be kind to Ryan this week. Send him your love. Send him good, healthy vibes. We're going to get through this podcast um, today. I'll be real with you. That was the most I've talked in like a talking voice in the last week. And I feel winded. So COVID is no joke. I have a very, all things considered, pretty mild. So please out there, be safe with yourselves and be smart But we have to get on with things because this is the official Marvel podcast where we talk about what's happening this week at Marvel, whether it's games, comics, movies, TV, or whatever we're excited about. All right. You know what, Ryan? I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to handle the news. You're going to chime in and comment because (laughs) it's not worth dying and you don't have the breath support. (laughs) It's so weird. I hate it. I know you'll be healthy in a couple of days. So this week we've got on director of themed entertainment development, Brian Crosby, a good old pal that we talked to quite a lot talking about the Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, the exhibition. But let's talk about what's going on at San Diego Comic-Con this week. It's San Diego Comic-Con. Things are bucket nuts and it's just getting going. Of course, you can watch it all go down since yesterday, starting on Thursday through Sunday at marvel.com slash SDCC. You can watch Marvel Live. There's going to be a live stream. You can interact along with the live stream, hashtag Marvel SDCC. They're going to be showing you all kinds of stuff that's going on at the con, from the stage shows to interviews to more good stuff. So definitely go over and tune in there. Also, while you're there, go check out all the latest news. They're going to be releasing articles as stuff gets announced at San Diego Comic-Con. So you won't miss a thing if you head over there. Let's look a little bit at what's going on with the stage shows. Thursday is already come and gone. Had some signings with Rom V and Rob Liefeld and a Spider-Man Beyond Amazing cosplay photo op. Today, Friday, if you're listening to this on Friday, Pablo Leon is going to be there doing a signing. Ryan Minerding from Marvel Studios is going to be doing an animation signing. Yeah, and those things are cool because there's a signing, but there's also probably like a short interview on the stage. Mm-hmm. So there is. probably on the stream, you get to see a little bit of that. So hear from folks like Ryan and 
other people who are doing their signings. Yeah, and a real cool thing that's going to be happening, speaking of Marvel Studios Animation, is that there is going to be a panel for Marvel Studios Animation on Friday at 11.45 a.m. Pacific time through 1.15 p.m. Pacific. Who knows what might happen there? Let's find out. Also, Paul Cornell from Wild Cards is going to be doing a signing. It's a long history for Wild Cards, originally edited by George R.R. R. Martin, you know, Mr. Game of Thrones himself. So that should be really cool. I've read some of those Wild Card books a couple of years ago. They're cool. This first issue of Wild Cards, I think, comes out next week. It's a great introduction into the whole world and everything that George R. R. Martin and the collaborators have done. And it's like this alternate history of how superpowered beings and aliens and stuff come together, but with that like very George R. R. Martin flavor and it's intense and real cool. Yeah. So big day on Friday, tomorrow, Saturday, again, if you're listening to this on Friday, there's going to be a bunch more signings. There's going to be a Strange Academy signing with Umberto Ramos and Scotty Young. There's going to be a Captain America Sentinel of Liberty signing with Colin Kelly and Jackson Lanzig, the writers of that series. And then everybody's favorite, Pizza Papa, is going to be there (laughs) for a Marvel Studios Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness signing with, yes, Bruce Campbell. So cool. And then there's going to be a Marvel comic signing with Dan Slott. You know him as the man who killed Spider-Man um, <laughs> and created the Spider-Verse and all that other great stuff. And then there's going to be another Marvel Studios visual development signing with Andy Park, which should be really cool. And of course, my favorite moment that I'm really going to miss on Saturday is the Marvel Becoming Cosplay competition. It's just one of my favorite things to see all the cosplayers. I'm sure that'll be on the live stream because it's the absolute best. So definitely go and check it out. And then also on Saturday... Lest we forget, Hall H is happening. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to find out all the news from Marvel Studios. Again, you can follow at Marvel on social media. I'm sure they'll be tweeting everything as it's happening. And you can always get a roundup of the news at marvel.com slash SDCC. Because let's be honest, we know we're there to find out what's <laughs> happening. We want it. Of the many things I'm disappointed about, it's the fact that I can't go to both the Marvel Studios panels, the one in Ballroom 20 on on Friday about Marvel Studios animation and the Marvel Studios Hall H panel, because being in the room when Kevin Feige and Brad Winderbaum and all the amazing people from Marvel Studios get to share that information and share first looks or whatever they share... With the world, there's something so electrifying. And I had seats reserved for both of those. And I'm just like, man, I just wanted to be in the room with everybody to feel that energy again. So if you are out there and you get to be there, please soak up a little of that energy for me. It's going to be real awesome. And then finishing strong on Sunday, there is going to be the Marvel Studios visual development signing again with Ryan Minerding, this time on something different, not animation. We're going to have Adam Kubert there doing a Marvel comic signing. We love him as many things, especially his work on Wolverine. He is just amazing. Oh, my God. And then my other favorite... Marvel Becoming Kids costume event. They're so cute. And if you are going to San Diego Comic-Con on Saturday or Sunday or today, beeline straight over to the Marvel booth if you want to go to those signings and things. A lot of them are ticketed and they distribute those tickets in the morning. A lot of times they'll do kind of like a raffle sort of thing to see what you can get. So head on over there and try to get ticketed for those events because some of them do get full before the actual signing. Yeah. 
Also today, if you're a Spidey fan, make sure you look out for the This Week in Marvel panel for Spidey Beyond Amazing celebrating 60 years of Spider-Man. There's going to be a ton of Spidey news coming out of that panel. No spoilers just yet because this is coming out early on Friday and the panel isn't until later today. But even though we won't be there, the show is going to be in excellent hands. Nick Lowe, aka VP and Executive Editor over in the Spidey office, as well as Editor-in-Chief C.B. Sobolski, writer Dan Slott, as well as one of the greats, the ever-talented Adam Kubert. It's going to be a good one for you. And while we won't be able to record that panel for y'all, we will make sure to let y'all know the details in our recap of Comic-Con. We're going to talk about all the details and the announcements, what we share, all the good stuff. There's some really fun stuff in that panel. Super duper bummed because I started building the panel with some dumb stuff, some games, some fun things, and we have great guests on it. And Lorraine helped take it home. And then I got to give a shout out Anne-Marie Lombardo, who is on our digital team here. She made the panel look way better than any This Week in Marvel panel has ever looked. It's ridiculous. She is honestly amazing. There is an insane amount of stuff that we're showing off in this panel. She has just been such a rock star. So special thanks to her. And so again, we'll recap those Marvel Studios panels. We'll, We'll recap the twin panel and any other super relevant news out of the con. But there's also some cool stuff that's been announced, some stuff for the Marvel booth. We're going to be talking more with Brian Crosby and a little bit about all the stuff happening on the floor at the con, as well as a little bit more about the Beyond Amazing exhibition. But they just revealed the first Marvel Gunner collection of glasses. They're really cool. They're like those blue blocking glasses Mm -hmm. that protect your eyes from the blue light that you get from digital screens and things. They're super duper cute. And if you're on the floor at San Diego Comic-Con at booth 2329, the Marvel booth, you can go check them out. They're super duper cute. And if you're not going to the con, you can go to Gunner, G-U-N-N-A-R dot com slash Marvel to see more of the products that are going to be on display and check them out. And Ryan, you actually introduced me to 100 Soft. They are just the greatest. The best. And they have revealed some of the stuff that they're going to have in their Marvel stable, this Comic-Con, which, man, I have to say, you guys might know them as the folks that do the trash fires or the garbage fire (laughs) collection. I remember the last time we were at Comic-Con, I tried so hard to get one and they were like, I'm sorry, we're completely sold out. And I was like, no, these are not trash These are Marvel related. They have their mega emojis. If you don't know, they create the emojis that you see on all the Marvel Studios hashtags. And so the mega emojis are designed by Truck Torrance, who runs 100Soft, who's wonderful. And it is kicking off with Scarlet Witch, Captain America, Moon Knight, and Black Panther. They're essentially like three-inch kind of vinyl statues or figures. They're super duper cute. Super cute. They also have Loki, limited to one per person. If you want to go check them out, they are 16 bucks, and they're at booth 1335. And they're also debuting a bunch of new emoji pins. They're going to have mac and cheese Yelena Belova (laughs) inspired by Marvel Studios Hawkeye, which is so cute. She got a little bowl of mac and cheese. On Thursday, they're going to have Agatha Harkness from WandaVision. On Friday, they're going to have Dead Strange from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Saturday, they're going to have Old Man Steve from Avengers Endgame. And on Sunday, they're going to have Hawaiian Shirt Kingpin from Hawkeye, which all of those are the best. The pins are 10 bucks, And again, that's Booth 1335. You can also check out the 100 Soft website for more stuff. I love their stuff. 
Man, so dang cool. We also got a little preview of the inflatable spider dinos from Jazzwares. They're coming to Comic-Con in 2020. They are there at San Diego Comic-Con. They're two brand new inflatable adult costumes, and they are debuting at the convention, and they are Spider-Rex, who you might have met in Edge of Spider-Verse number one. We've announced Spider-Rex, but the comic actually comes out, I think, on August 3rd. And then we have a Venomosaurus. These pictures are hilarious. I love these costumes. I mean, they're everything you want from an inflatable dinosaur costume, but it's better because it's Spider-Rex and Venomosaurus. The two costumes retail for 100 bucks a piece. They're going to be available at booth 3513, but that's not going to be the only stuff coming from Jazzware, so look out for more cool costumes on their way. I may have to get that Spider-Rex for Halloween. It's so good. I just, dinosaur costumes like those inflatable ones just freaking get me. Also, they're so cute. I can't. So cute. If you are at Comic-Con, keep your eyes peeled on the floor. Maybe you'll see them stomping around. All right, we got a whole bunch of merch coming up. They just revealed the Marvel Studios Black Panther Legacy items that are arriving for Funko and Hasbro and Rock Love jewelry and more. There's Kamoyo beads and some Black Panther necklaces. There's some Funko Pops and really cool like Marvel Legend toys. The Marvel Black Panther Legacy collection is now available at most major retailers and the Black Panther Legacy Artist Series is going to be available exclusively at walmart.com starting on July 1st. And Walmart's exclusive Marvel's Voices Artist Capsule Collection is going to spotlight work and contributions and lived experiences from Marvel creators and fans of color, as well as products from the Marvel Legacy program. I think this is going to be really, really cool. You know, we love Marvel's Voices as a podcast. It's really cool to see what they're doing as far as the merch that's being created and all of that good stuff. Speaking of great stuff, we have a whole bunch of stuff from Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel on our Marvel must-haves. Episode 6, a lot of great merch, some Funko Pops, t-shirts, and much more. And also some new Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder must-haves, hats and uh, cosplay outfits, the goats, the goats plushies. Oh my god. The goat plushies. Toothnasher and Tooth Grinder are so cute. I want them. Also the cute Mighty Thor Hot Topic dress. Tons of cute stuff. Definitely go over to marvel.com slash must-haves. Check out all of the good stuff. Man, oh man. It's a good time to be a fan. Oh, also, I thought this was really cool. Mm-hmm. Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder has sensory-inclusive screenings. For the opening of Marvel Studios' Thor Love and Thunder, Disney and the nonprofit Culture City offered sensory-inclusive screenings. And according to Culture City, one in six people have a sensory need or a non-visible disability such as autism, PTSD, dementia, or ADHD. And they're often unable to fully experience everyday activities that are taken for granted, such as going to the movies due to sensory overload that they face. And now the iconic El Capitan Theater in Los Angeles is offering two sensory inclusive screenings with a movie-going experience that can be safely enjoyed by audiences with sensory needs. The El Capitan Theater has already had one of their screenings, but the second will be coming up Saturday, June 23rd at 1 p.m. Pacific. If you want to check those out, go over to the El Capitan Theater's website. Yeah. Big thing that's coming to our house, season two of Marvel Spidey and his amazing friends. 
premiering August 19th on Disney Channel and Disney Junior. So there's going to be a new single from the series songwriter and composer Patrick Stump. We actually had Patrick on the show way back when, oh my God, almost a year ago, exactly, in episode 509, Patrick is the lead singer and songwriter for Fall Out Boy, and he was a ding-dang delight to talk to. The songs and the jingles in that series will really get stuck in your head, so I'm looking forward to Glow Web's Glow and how that ties into the series and sitting down and watching all of it with Catherine. And right now, you can actually watch some super cute new shorts that are on Marvel HQ. And I believe the music video for that new single. So go check it out, youtube.com slash MarvelHQ. You can enjoy all the videos there with the whole fam. Also, a video that you can enjoy over on Marvel.com or the Marvel YouTube channel is Fight of the Valkyrie. They revealed a new champion for Marvel Contest of Champions. Gore has come to Asgard in search of gods and Valkyrie. There's a really cool reveal trailer for both of those characters honestly it's so cool it's like a movie i highly recommend going over and watching the trailer and of course go play marvel contest of champions to go check out those characters yeah we talked about it a bunch of times recently but now it's officially official avengers campus at walt disney studios park at disneyland paris is now open there was a drone show that happened and we can see more of those moments for that big opening over on the disney parks blog we're just saying this to tease ourselves because, dang it, I want to go. We also have some cool stuff coming to comics. Crypt of Shadows number one was just announced for this October, paying homage to the original 1970s Crypt of Shadows anthology series. And this is going to be a giant size one shot, and it's going to feature a collection of stories that showcase creepy corners of the Marvel Universe. There's going to be a bunch of great characters that we all know from their supernatural adventures like Moon Knight and Wolverine and Elsa Bloodstone and Man-Thing and Werewolf by Night, plus the return of Bloodline, the daughter of Blade, who made her first appearance earlier this year at Free Comic Book Day in Avengers X-Men number one. A lot of great talent. I kind of love this because it just reminds me of like any good horror anthology where they're like mm. little mini-sodes and little creepy tales. Even, you know, our, our old school... 50s, 60s horror comics that had little stories or mini stories are so enjoyable. So this is from editor Chris Cooper, who's known for his groundbreaking work on the original Dark Cold series. And it's going to include a ton of really great creators like Al Ewing, Danny Lore, Rebecca Roanhorse, Adam Warren, and just a whole bunch more really excellent folks. We got some Ultraman news recently. I, if you're not like tuned into Ultraman fandom... Maybe you don't, you miss some of this stuff, but man, there's been so much cool Ultraman stuff that's been announced and revealed and making available. There's new movies and shows and all kinds of fun stuff. So we're getting in on the action with Ultraman, the mystery of Ultra 7, number one with a first look that's coming in August. And so we're just showed off some cool art. This is the, I believe the third limited series of Ultraman books following the rise of Ultraman and trials of Ultraman. Same creative team of writers, Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom joined by David Tinto on art and so you can go to marvel.com to check out a first look at the big kaiju action yeah speaking of action if you're looking for some podcast action definitely go check out marvel's wastelanders wolverine episode seven is now out titled shock and awe and it's now available to subscribers to marvel podcast unlimited on apple Podcasts and the sirius xm app this week, Kitty Pride and Rachel Summers reveal what really happened on V-Day. And I'm not talking about Valentine's Day. And uh, 
You know what, I could go into it more, but let's just take a little preview of that episode. This is about V-Day. Did you think I'd forget? Yeah. You got every right to be upset. I failed you that day. I should have saved you. I should have saved everyone. Saved me? From you? What? I see you've got her fooled. Wolverine saved my life. Oh, he saved your life. That's what you do, isn't it, Logan? You find some broken bird, and you take her under your wing, and then you break her neck. Kitty. Don't you utter my name. So you're gonna what? Take me out with a rocket launcher? I don't think you want to go down that dark alley of your soul. Go ahead. Underestimate me. Lady, please. If you want to run, sweetheart, I'll let you do it. But Wolvie here is gonna get what's coming to him. Easy, Fang. You were a teacher! for crying out loud. That's right, I was a teacher. And so were you. And where were you when the stuff went down? Where were you? Because I seem to be the only one who was fighting a good fight. There were no X-Men. I never felt so abandoned in all my life. I don't... What the hell are you talking about? There you have it. Episodes of Marvel's Wastelanders Wolverine are available exclusively on the SXM app and Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. And then they'll be widely available one week later on Pandora, Stitcher, and all other major podcast platforms in the U.S. You can, of course, unlock exclusive bonus content by subscribing to Marvel Podcasts Unlimited on Apple Podcasts. And of course, learn more at marvel.com slash wastelanders. Yeah. Speaking of podcasts, I did a podcast (laughs) called Marvel's Pull List. And what happened? Oh, man. Let me tell you something, Lorraine. We talked about comic books. (laughs) There's some big books out this week. Axe, Judgment Day number one, which is Avengers, X-Men, Eternals. It's a big, huge issue. There's some stuff in there. I was like, and I think I say this in the show, I don't know how we come back from this. And I'm excited to see how they do it. It's really, really a great issue. Knights of X number four, which includes a kiss that I think really is going to set some people on fire in good ways. And then Defenders Beyond number one, which is just such a beautiful, weird book. I hope everybody checks this out. It's so, so good. Please, please, please read Defenders Beyond number one. It's bananas. And then joining us for a reading club is the amazing writer, Torin Gronbeck. She's doing a lot of Jane Foster, Valkyrie stuff, all the Jane Foster books of the last like year and change. And so she came on to talk about Mighty Thor, Thunder in Her Veins, which is the first five issues of Mighty Thor by Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman. And one, I adore Torn. She's so funny. She's so foul mouth. She's so excited about talking about comics and making comics. But she has, Lorraine, if you got to check out her Instagram, she has the greatest like office space with tons of original art. And it. she's got it this like slanted roof above her and just art sticking to it and like original pieces. And man, she's the best. That's cool. Yeah, you can check out Marvel's pull list wherever you get your audio, subscribe, and then read all the comics. All right, as promised, this week we have director of themed entertainment development, Brian Crosby. We've had him on the show before. We actually had him on uh, briefly last week to talk about Spidey being inducted into the Comic-Con Hall of Fame. And now we've got an even more in-depth conversation. We talked about the Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, the exhibition that is now going on at the San Diego Comic-Con Museum. We also talked about how to design a museum and more about the Marvel booth. Uh, Lots of good San Diego Comic-Con stuff. So let's get into it. 
All right, Lorraine, I I think this may be a first for anyone outside of you, me, or James to be on the show two weeks in a row who isn't a host. I know. Well, you're it's like the SNL five timers club. Wait, what? <laughs> this is the best day of my life. I'm speechless. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'd like to thank my parents. Uh, uh, thank you guys. You know what else? We have a lot to thank you for because last time you were on the show, we learned of the Punisher toilet, which we did purchase. <laughs> and that's been become a part of the Twim lore, the, the Brian, Twim do you universe. See it behind me? I yes. <laughs> it's stuffed full of toys. Yes. Hi, uh, we've got Brian Crosby, who is the director of themed entertainment development here with us once again. You were with us last week for a little Twim phone, but this week we wanted to have a little bit of a longer talk. This is Comic-Con week. The show is in full swing. Are you exhausted yet? I am. I'm always exhausted. I'm always tired, but we keep going, keep working. It's a lot of fun to put this together. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's a ton of work, a lot of moving parts, but it's 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 a big event. Comes together quickly, and it goes away seemingly just as fast. But uh, it's it's awesome to regroup with with fans, with you guys, with all of the people that we know and love. And so it's it's great to be back after so many years away. Now, what is your Marvel origin story? So I first discovered Marvel with uh, Spider Man and his Amazing Friends. That was my introduction to the Marvel Universe, Iceman, Firestar. I loved their secret headquarters when they pull on the little football trophy and all the walls flipped around. And they, they even had a like a poster, a painting of the Hulk in their living room, which I thought was awesome. So yeah, I loved I loved that show. And then I, I kind of discovered Marvel Comics when I was in junior high. It was uh, X-Men, first appearance of Bishop. And then it's a slippery slope from there. And uh, here we are. Now, you're also director of themed entertainment development, which we, we mentioned before. What does one do in themed entertainment development? It's kind of a, something I, I do have to explain from time to time because not everybody's heard of themed entertainment development. So I, I come from theme park design. That was really where I started at Walt Disney Imagineering, designing attractions for the Disney theme parks. And then when Marvel became part of the larger Walt Disney Company, I immediately gravitated towards all the Marvel projects, the things I, I loved Marvel. I wanted to be a part of it. And so I was pitching anything and everything that I could Marvel related and working on a variety of projects for Disney. And then I got to know Mr. Joe Quesada, and he is the one that really brought me over to Marvel and spearheaded this new division, which at the time was kind of an assignment called Live Events. And then we changed it into a brand new division of themed entertainment. And what we do is we help bring the Marvel Universe to life in three dimensions, in dimensional space. So that can be through location-based entertainment. We've certainly worked on theme park attractions, but we, we work on comic conventions and professional sports and character appearances and museum exhibits. And so anything and everything that kind of brings the Marvel Universe to life in real life, in the real space, that is what we have our hands on. Experiential retail, we're doing escape rooms now. It's a fun new means of telling Marvel stories that we really haven't been able to do in the past. And so uh, it allows us to really connect with fans all over the world. And it's been very gratifying, a lot of fun to do. As we mentioned, it's Comic-Con week and thinking about what your role is and your team and everything and all the way you just talked about. Yeah. What does it mean for you, for us at Marvel to be back at Comic-Con in front of fans and participating in this face-to-face -face experience again? I mean, we've missed it, right? I mean, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's a ton of work, but I really do enjoy it because it, 
it allows us to connect with the fans in such a tactile way there we've been away from our friends you know from our co-workers in many cases and uh i've certainly missed being at being at the conventions the last couple years i think we'll have a renewed appreciation for being back at san diego comic-con right now and you know the way i think about it is you know much like when i was designing theme parks is thinking about like what is the story what is the narrative what's the experience we're trying to convey so as we put together our booth or our panels we try and think cohesively about what is what is the story? What's the message, you know, experientially? And so uh, trying to think about that year after year and coming up with new things for people to experience, yet not abandon the experiences that, that the fans have come to know and love from our booth. We always try and improve, always try and be better. So we're, we look at the things that they enjoy doing and hopefully bring a lot of those things back and then try and offer some new things that will allow people to connect with the Marvel brand in a new way. Comic-Con is a major touch point for the Marvel fans to get to meet our creators, get to meet the the actors. And so I just sit in the background and hopefully everything comes together exactly as planned. And then I can just go to sleep after that. But uh, <laughs> no sleep, only Comic-Con. <laughs> we'll be planning for the next Comic-Con as soon as we finish this one. We'll talk a bit more about like the booth and all the cool stuff that's happening on the floor at Comic-Con in a minute, but there's also some stuff that's happening at Comic-Con that's not just in the Marvel booth. I'm talking, of course, about Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, the exhibition. What is it, first of all, and how did it come about? We just couldn't get enough. We couldn't get enough in San Diego. Coming back with a booth and, and Comic-Con was not enough. We had to double up and uh, double down, rather, and do a, a big exhibit on top of it this year. We're celebrating the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man, as you guys well know. And so uh, we have a great relationship with a group called uh, Semel Exhibitions. And we did a museum exhibit with them a few years ago that launched at the Museum of Pop Culture or MoPOP up in Seattle called Marvel Universe of Superheroes that was telling the 80-year history of Marvel, 80-plus-year 80 80 history now, featuring you know vintage comics, original artwork, props and costumes from the TV shows and films, photo ops, interactive displays, all that kind of stuff. And it's been really well received and we loved working with that team. And so being that this is the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man, we're coming back to Comic-Con, the idea started to percolate about what we could do to maybe do a deep dive into one character. And so the, the stars really seemed to align. The Comic-Con Museum was interested in having a Marvel exhibit at the Comic-Con Museum in Balboa Park. If you're a comic book fan, if you're if you're into geek culture, it's just an amazing place to go and see the exhibits that they have there. But we wanted to come in strong. We wanted to do something that was big and celebrate Spider-Man in a big way. And so, again, we, we partnered up with Semmel Exhibitions on this exhibit. And we like to think that we delivered on the same types of experiences. There's going to be great new photo ops you've never seen before, multimedia displays, interactive elements that tell the full 60-year history of Spider-Man from his origins, you know, with Stan Lee and Steve Ditko when they created the character back in 1962 up to today and even beyond, like where he's going, not just Peter Parker, but the larger Spider-Verse, you know, with Miles Morales and Ghost Spider and Spider-Ham and Spider-Punk and so on and so forth. We love that the legacy of Peter Parker has grown to such a degree. And that's a story we're interested in telling at the exhibit as well. So it's a fully immersive 360 experience that, that you have to see. If you're a Spider-Man fan, this is the deep dive. Hopefully you've been, you've been waiting for. Uh, and if nothing else, you have to go 
to see the one-to-one statue of Spider-Ham. Ryan's laughing because he knows how excited <laughs> I am about this statue. I love it. We brought him to life. He's in three dimensions. You can touch him. You can take photos with him. He's great. I'm really happy and proud of it. But is his hand damp? Um, <laughs> it might be. It might be now. I, I mean, we didn't... <laughs> You know, thinking about storytelling and around this exhibition and and your experience, you know, working around theme parks and stuff, how do you approach something like this? Because we're looking at an exhibition space where people can walk around at their own pace, you know, go in any direction they want. They can go backwards. They, it's up to them how they experience something like this. How do you design something like that for Spider-Man and making sure fans don't miss anything? It's, it's, it's a great point. It's something that we talk a lot about when we're working on theme park attractions because people can look at anything. So you have to think about, A, what, what is the narrative and how do people experience the narrative? And if they don't catch a piece of it, can they catch up with it later on? But you have to think differently about how you're telling the story. When you're reading a comic book or watching a movie or a TV show, you're essentially sitting passively in your chair watching the action unfold on the page or the screen. When you're in one of these experiences, you become the protagonist of the narrative because it's happening to you. You're moving through it. Then you have to think about how characters and environments react to you. If you're not necessarily in the narrative like a museum exhibit, then you do have to think about how do I tell this story in three dimensions 360 degrees, you know, all the way around. What do people look at? Where do I want to control sight lines and things like that? It's challenging because people can look anywhere and do anything and they can don't necessarily consume the story in the order that you would always want them to consume it. That's a little easier on like a ride where you have, you can point somebody Mm -hmm. in a certain direction and they're on a ride track or something like that. You go, Hey, look at this for two seconds. And then we'll point you over here and now look at this scene. In an exhibit like this, or at even at Comic-Con, people can look anywhere. And so you do have to think differently about it and, and think about what is the experiential narrative I'm trying to tell? And then how do I create an environment that reinforces that? So the way I do that is I think of what are my design pillars? What are kind of three or four ideas that I'm trying to design against that I need this experience to reinforce? And then every element goes through those design filters. Every every graphic, every piece of signage, every statue does this reinforce the narrative. So in the case of Spider-Man Beyond Amazing, the exhibition, the narrative is 60 years of Peter Parker and of Spider-Man, past, present, future of Spider-Man. And so what are the design filters? And then how does everything that we do reinforce the celebration of 60 years of Spider-Man, and what he means to popular culture. So that's how I how I work through these experiences. How do you decide what items you're going to include and put on display? And which of those are you most excited about and proud of that you got to be part of the exhibit? Fortunately, you know, we work very closely with our curator partners, Ben Saunders and Patrick Reed. We're the curators of this exhibit. Ben Saunders is a professor at the University of Oregon, and he's written a ton of stuff super savvy about the Marvel brand, Marvel characters. And then Patrick Reed, we've worked with on, on previous exhibits and he's done other exhibits as well. So, you know, they, they know their stuff and, and you're right, Lorraine, in that sometimes it's, it's as hard to choose between what's going to go in as it is 
like what to leave out, what things are not essential to tell, telling that story. And I think it comes back to those design filters. What are we trying to convey in this moment? And do we need this? Or are we just being this, this story point to death? You know, what's the most efficient way to do it? In a museum exhibit, there is copy and text for people to read, but I think more often than not, people don't read everything. So the copy is there if you want to do the deep dive and, and, and read everything about it. But if you don't want to do that, if you want to just look at it visually, we try to pick items that visually tell the history of Spider-Man, whether you're reading it or not. It's kind of like a comic book, really. You know, when, yeah. I, was, when I was drawing comics, I was always told that a successful comic book page is something that's, you know, the reader can get the narrative, even if there's no text, there's no, there's no words. You can just look at the pictures and get it. And I think this museum exhibit is, is similar. If nobody reads anything, do they understand the history of Spider-Man, where he came from and who the key players are in creating that history and then where he's going? So yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to pick what you're going to leave out, especially when all this stuff is so cool. I think in terms of things that I'm most proud of, I, I got to come back to Spider-Ham. He's my boy. <laughs> and and I, I love that statue. But I think also there's original artwork there from some of the 90s comics, which certainly speak to when I started really diving into Spider-Man. In particular, Todd McFarlane was a, was a hero of mine artistically. He just was so dynamic in the way he laid out a page and rendered the characters and the spaghetti webbing and the poses that he managed to put Spider-Man into it was like nothing I had ever seen. I believe I was about 13 when that Spider-Man number one came out and it just changed, changed my, my world in terms of thinking about how I draw characters and what's possible in this medium. And so to see some of the original artwork that Todd did in the nineties in this exhibit, is really, really fun for me to see. What other media are represented at the exhibition? Is it movies, merchandise? Are there video games, you know, aspects of it? I, I think one of the fun things about this show and, and just being a Marvel fan is there's kind of something for everyone, depending on whatever your preference and your hobby and your love for Marvel. There's so many ways to express it and to appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's a great point. Thanks for bringing that up because it there are so many different touch points in the way people are consuming Marvel and the way people are consuming Spider-Man. For the movie fans, we certainly have movie stuff. In fact, we even got Green Goblin's original mask from the original you know, Sony Spider-Man movie. We have a pumpkin bomb in there. We've got Peter Parker's homemade suit from Spider-Man Homecoming. We've got the end of a tentacle and Doc Ock's goggles. So some of that stuff. But yeah, but in addition to the movie stuff, you're right. You know, video games is a big part of it. That's a, another way people are diving into Spider-Man stories through Marvel Spider-Man and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. I mean, those games are huge tentpole experiences. And now on top of that, now we've got Spidey and his amazing friends on Disney Junior, which is reaching a whole new audience for preschool age kids. But I find it entertaining as well. So it's for 44 year old guys as well, apparently. But so I think there's a lot of different ways to absorb and consume Spider-Man. But I think that's kind of what, what I mean by like where he's going, like where he is today, where, you know, and where the character is going. And hopefully we'll just keep building on that, on that legacy. You know, we all, we all stand on the shoulders of giants when it comes to Stan and Steve and, and the early creators of the Marvel universe. 
So we just have to hope we don't screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we even have, we even have a window of like of vintage collectibles, you know, stuff that goes back to the early days that's in there. And I, I love the vintage collectibles. We have, we have some of that at our booth right now at Comic-Con, you know, that our, our friends at whatnot have brought along seeing some of that stuff up close and, and in person is, is really fun. Really cool too. What do you hope that folks absorb or take away with them from this experience of being part of the exhibition and being the protagonist of it? I hope what they take away from it is they, they learn why Spider-Man is such an enduring character. One of the things that appeals to, to people even in, initially is the notion that anybody could be Spider-Man. Anybody could be in that mask, in that, in that costume. And Joe Casada told me one time, and I think he was quoting Stan Lee, but he said, when Spider-Man is standing on the precipice of a building and he's about to jump off, nobody worries because he's Spider-Man. He's got the cool suit and we know he's got superpowers and we know he's going to be able to sling webs and he's going to be fine. But once you know the character inside the suit, once you know who Peter Parker is, now you're in the suit with him. And so when he jumps off that same precipice, we think about the troubles that he has, that he's trying to get the girl, that he's trying to hold down a job, that he's trying to keep his secret identity and all these things, trying to take care of his Aunt May, all these problems that he has, we're in that suit with him. And I think that notion, and whether we're talking about Peter Parker, Spider-Man, or we're talking about Miles Morales, or we're talking about Gwen Stacy, Ghost Spider, whoever, I think what's great is that we can see ourselves in those characters and we're in that suit with them and we relate to them. And I think that's when we are most successful as Marvel creators is when we are letting people be in the suits with these amazing, fantastical characters and letting them connect. And so hopefully people will see themselves in Spider-Man and see that I could be a creator. I can, I can be altruistic. I can do heroic things, even if I don't have superpowers. So it's about learning about, who, of course, who the character is and just kind of deep dive and geeking out and all that stuff. But hopefully there's another level where we're learning about heroism and relatability and, of course, responsibility that always comes along with any story about Spider-Man. Let's jump over to San Diego before we let you go. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on over at the Marvel booth this week for anybody who maybe is listening before they go or who wants to tune into the Marvel live stream and get a sense of uh, what's all over there. Yeah. So I mentioned experiential storytelling. So that is what we're doing at the Marvel booth this year. So we, are, of course, are going to have our giveaway hours and we're going to have our signings up on our stage. So come by and see some of the creators and talent that are coming by the booth to sign. But we also have some some great partners that, that, that we have brought in this year. One that I'm really excited about is Inkbox. So for the first time ever, we are doing temporary tattoos at the Marvel booth. So you can come by and get a temporary tattoo drawn on your arm. And you might not know which one you're going to get. There's kind of a wheel that you spin. So it's kind of a fun surprise as to what you're going to get. I have a question real quick, though. Do you have to be there to, like, get a, a tattoo and or can you send one to me? In the mail? <laughs> uh, they're actually going to be commercially available as well. There's going to be some some temporary tattoos that will be available. So. All right. So so you got Inkbox. What else is going on? Yeah. So we uh, we did a reveal this week. Our friends at East Continental Gems have revealed their incredibly high end, super cool Infinity Gems that represent the Infinity Stones. They're on display at the Marvel booth 
They're kind of what I like to call the hood ornament of the booth. They're kind of right at the front. Honestly, it's blowing my mind. It's like tens, hundreds of carats worth of precious gems. Yeah, so many carats. All the carats. I'm not even going to get into the value of these items, Lorraine, but they're very, very high end gems. Felicia Hardy, stay away. We also have uh, Vivi. So we've, you know, over the past, uh, I don't know how long it's been, past year or so, we've been doing Marvel NFTs with Vivi. And so they're there at the booth. And as I mentioned before, our friends at Whatnot. So we have a cool photo op over there in promotion of Axe Judgment Day. There's a photo op where you can step into the cover of Axe Judgment Day number one. And so you are in the cover and then see all of the great vintage collectibles that we're going to be giving away on Sunday. So they've been carefully curated by our friend Jordan Hembro, TV's Toy Hunter. And so he's brought a lot of great vintage collectibles that we're going to be giving away to lucky Marvel fans. So yeah, just a ton going on. It's awesome. It's cool because the booth is slightly different this year than the last time we did Comic-Con, you know, three years ago. And so our Marvel live stream is back to being on the floor, yes. Uh, which is something I always loved. I like having that that sense of immediacy that fans could see us so you can kind of see us and what we're doing. The Marvel merch booth is actually across the aisle because it's so big. There's so much cool stuff. There's so much going on. We got our own special satellite booth for that. So it's it's cool. Our footprint is, is feels like bigger and special. But you mentioned the merch booth, Ryan, and, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Because, yeah, we do have a ton of cool stuff over there. But while you're in line, there are also QR codes for free Marvel digital comics. So go ahead and download those while you're in line. You can read comics right there. Heck yeah. What is crazy is not only are you in the exhibition and in Comic-Con, but then you're just like doing all of the things like escape rooms and all the stuff across the world. What kind of cool experiences can you tease for the future? Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're, I mean, we have so much in development right now. The escape rooms. I, I really love these. They're in Portugal, Lisbon, Portugal right now. Do you need me to go test it out? A hundred percent. Yeah. Road trip. Great. Road trip. You can't drive there. So bad, <laughs> bad, bad road trip. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. I think we have five escape rooms over there right now. It's kind of a mix of AR, VR, dimensional sets. We have two kids spaces. We have a, a full retail space. It's a whole complex called Marvel Mission in Lisbon, Portugal. We are doing a ton of stuff in the professional sports space. People might have seen Marvel Superhero Days popping up at various Major League Baseball stadiums and Minor League Baseball stadiums. We've been doing partnerships with uh, the National Football League and the National Basketball Association. You know, down in, in Mexico and in Latin America, we've done Marvel Lucha Libre over the past year. So we've, we've taken our core Marvel characters and turned them into luchadors. And we have these big epic battles down in Mexico. So yeah, there, there's just so much going on all over the world. And these are all great touch points for the Marvel brand. You can kind of connect, do some new things. And I wish I could tease more about what we have coming up, but a lot of it's still in development right now. But I was just having a, a call earlier today with my team about the things that we are doing in the future. And we are so, so excited about all the Marvel themed entertainment that's coming to Marvel fans everywhere in the world. So. Wherever you are, there's going to be something for you. 
Brian, we're going to let you go. And of course, for more information on Spider-Man Beyond Amazing the Exhibition, head to beyondamazingexhibition.com. You can buy tickets on feverup.com or on the Fever app, which is available on the App Store and Google Play. If you're in San Diego, put it on your list of things to do. Go to the Comic-Con Museum and check out the exhibition. Yeah, and even if you're not there for Comic-Con, because it's going to be there through the end of the year. Yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Big thanks again to Brian Crosby for coming on the show. He's been on the show now like three or four times, I think. Oh, yeah. But once we reconvene next week, we will know all of the secret splendors of San Diego Comic-Con. So we have to ask this week's question of the week, which is, what are you most excited for that was announced at San Diego Comic-Con? You can tweet us your answers using hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel, email them to TwinPodcast at Marvel.com, or you can send them to our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash ThisWeekInMarvel. And of course, please make sure to tell us it is okay to read on the show. We're not going to say what we're most excited about that's been announced at San Diego Comic-Con because we don't know yet because it's only Friday. We'll hold tight and see what your answers are and our answers are next week. Last week, we asked you the question, what is your favorite convention memory or experience? So let's get into them. Alyssa at Yondu Ravager said, when I met Sean Gunn and he was so amazing, I couldn't even talk because I was crying so much. Of course, Sean Gunn plays Kraglin in the Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy films. Also, notable member of the Gilmore Girls. He plays Kirk. Oh, boy. And a treasure. We've got a great one here from our pal, Karis Pollard at A. Karis Pollard, who says, I've not been to many conventions, but they are just magical. Seeing all the cool stuff and people, but my best memory is definitely the time I met the Winter Soldier, Sebastian Stan. His jacket was the softest thing I've ever stroked. Karis, that is the strangest sentence I've ever had to read on this show, and that's saying a lot. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Adorable picture, though. Yeah, it really is. All right, next up, Imbigan at Socialite Kid said, the one where he became the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. I had a great time cosplaying as Nick Fury for Baltimore Comic Con 2019 and snapping a pic with my favorite web crawler. Very great. Love that pic. Caroline Cosplay at Caroline Cosplay says, meeting Jim Lee at the Las Vegas Comic Expo in 2014 and getting a compliment from him on my Psylocke costume. Oh, yeah. Caroline has this in the picture that she shared has this great psychic blade that Psylocke has, but it's this like giant cool thing that she can wear on her hand. It's fantastic. Yeah. All right, next up, Christina with a K at Pro Fangirl 1996 said, meeting Tom Hiddleston at Ace Midwest in October of 2018 and him getting a hearty laugh out of my son's chosen pose slash acting embarrassed over me fangirling so hard. This was after Tom Hiddleston took a moment to calm my nerves before the photo. It's very cute. She's holding Tom Hiddleston, of course, aka Loki. She's got her arm sort of linked with him and they're smiling and her son has the infinity gauntlet on and is covering his face actively. So great. Jesse at Monkey Dobby tweets, being in the room for the Comic-Con 2019 MCU panel where phase four was revealed, the energy in that room was simply unmatched. Jesse, Ugh. I know, I know. Good year. Micah Ratcat at Micah Ratcat. Uh, said, favorite convention memory, Loki took Hall H. At the 2013 San Diego Comic-Con, I fangirled for the first time in my life. I was 29 at the time. <laughs> I'm talking full-on jumping up and down, yelling, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I love that so much. And also, 
I can't believe that was nine years ago. Oh, holy moly. That I know. 2013, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought that was just like four years ago. Wow. Okay. Well, onward we go. Jilly Louise at Jilly Cat Cosplay says, so I've never met any celebs at convention yet, but I've made the best friends and shares some amazing cosplay photos. Oh, I do love that aspect of just going to a con because you make so many friends and it's so easy to connect with people. It's really great. Next up, Crystal, host of Punk Rock 911 at I'm Crystal, said, Met Stanley at his last Cincy Expo experience. Practiced my quick speech of three hours in line, got in front of him, and only blurted out, Thank you for the X Men. He stopped signing, chuckled, and said, Well, I did write them just for you. I said, You did? and started tearing up. He laughed again and went back to signing other items. I'm taking that to my grave. Oh, really adorable. Gizmo Duck at Burgundy Blue tweets, I met Neil Adams at Denver Comic Con some years ago. We had a lovely chat about the Hulk and the print I had him sign, and I got the chance to tell him how much I appreciated the work he did. Aw, that's great, Gizmo Duck. I love just being able to tell people thank you and appreciate all the work. Mm-hmm. All right, next up, we got a message from Keith on our Facebook page who said, my favorite convention memory experience was my first Comic-Con at Wizard World Chicago 1998. I got to go with my little brother and his best friend, which was an awesome experience itself. But my fondest memory was getting a chance to meet and greet Stan Lee himself. I remember him asking me my fave comic book, and I was so starstruck, and I think I managed to blurt out, Spider-Man. <laughs> we talked for a good minute while well, he signed a few of my comics, and he ended the convo with... Write us sometime. This, of course, was before emailing was a huge thing. I feel old just typing that, <laughs> lol. <laughs> I've still got a couple of those comics that he signed tucked away, but unfortunately, I lost some due to some being badly damaged over time. Till this very day, I try to attend cons whenever I can, but overall, the whole experience was very humbling, and it was great to say that I got to actually meet one of my idols. I love that. That's a great one, Keith. We got another Facebook message, this one from Rachel Nicole Ingersoll, who says, I am writing in to answer this week's podcast question. My favorite convention memory is my very first con in D.C. in 2021. I went by myself since I didn't have any close friends who wanted to go with me. I cosplayed as Yelena and ended up meeting one of my closest friends at the Marvel meetup, who was alone there by herself at her first con, and she was dressed up as Black Widow, and I was Yelena, so it was very fitting that we ended up becoming close friends. Thanks so much for an amazing and fun show. Thank you, Rachel. I'm so glad just finding like-minded individuals and, and getting those experiences is so, so cool. Yeah, hot tip. If you're an adult and it's hard to make new friends, cons, that's the place, man. Yeah. You're waiting in line for something with someone. You're like standing next to them, just talking, you know, like waiting for something to happen. Boom, new friend. All right, next up, we got an email from Bilal that says, Hi, Lorraine and Ryan. I have had so many great memories at Comic-Cons, and nearly all of them involved my daughter. I brought her to her first Comic-Con about five years ago, and she loved it. Every year, she asks me when the next Comic-Con is, and we always look forward to attending the big event. My favorite moments were watching her ask Teeny Howard a question at a Women of Marvel panel, taking the stage in a Spider-Man villain tournament for this week in Marvel, showing her artwork to CB and Tom Brevoort, and watching her cosplay as Captain Marvel for you guys in the Marvel Showcase. 
Another favorite memory of mine was attending the Paris Comic Con a few years back. I was traveling for work and I had a couple of extra days off and I chose to go to Paris because it was the same weekend of their Comic Con. I had a blast. I got to meet Jim Starlin, Chris Claremont, Donny Cates, and C.B. Sobolski. I also saw some great Carnage and Thanos cosplayers. The city was nice too. <laughs> Wink. Unfortunately, because of prior travel plans, my daughter will miss this year's Comic-Con in Chicago, but she and I definitely will be back to make more memories for the future. Thanks, Bilal. P.S. I know it's been said enough, but the joy you two bring every week always puts a smile on my face and gives me the extra boost I need when I listen to you guys on my run. And P.S.S. Can you ask Senna Amanath if she's enjoyed listening to Brown Jovi? I love it. Bilal, that's such a great no, thank you for sharing that. I'm fingers crossed, hopefully going to be able to take Catherine to New York Comic Con this year for her first convention. She'll be three. It's going to blow her ding dang mind. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we did it, Ryan. You did it. Everybody give Ryan love and appreciation for holding it down till the end. I've literally just been sitting here and talking 90% less than normal and I feel exhausted. I'm like, oh. my face is drooping. It's so stupid. But thank you, Lorraine, and, and thanks for our team for pushing forward, man. Please, everybody get vaccinated, stay safe, be healthy, enjoy Comic-Con. But that's it for us. This episode of This Week of Marvel is produced by Zachary Goldberg, Isabel Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our senior manager of audio production and development is Brad Barton. Hi, Brad. Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Hi, Jill. And special thanks to Comic-Con Lines. Special thanks to Comic-Con Lines. The more you wait, the more it's great. Comic-Con lines, enjoy yours today. I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel. Your universe. Everybody get vaccinated.